My name is Daniel Hood, and I am a communication major at Wright State University. You are listening to WWSU 106.9 FM, Dane's Right Choice. Ohio is on fire, features entertainment and honesty of an intense nature. The opinions and views that are expressed on this episode do not reflect the views of WWSU 106.9 FM or any of its affiliates. This is the show where Ohio froze down. Ohio is on fire. I am your host, Daniel Diesel. We are live here on this Monday night here in Fairborn, Dane, Ohio. I think this some um, place has a um, identity crisis, either Fairborn, Ohio, or Dayton, Ohio. I think one of these days they got to flip a coin and decide what they're going to do about that. But no worries. Until then, it's no big deal. Um, but, but we are live once again. This is episode 172 of Ohio is on Fire. I've done over 100 here at this culture radio station. Of course, on other platforms, I did about, um, I believe I did 66. So I'm trying to do the math in my head. This is episode 100. This, this is the 106th episode I've done here at WWSU. So I'm keeping track of all this because I might make history. I don't know. I just do it because it's fun. But... Um, I got a really cool show for you tonight because I got two cool dudes that's going to be on my show um, later on tonight. Um, my first guest will be um, Kyle Taylor Steele. He is a comedian and podcast host. And then um, I'll have Brian Johnson. He is a, we will call a marketing expert from Dane, Ohio area. And he's a really cool guy as well. He's going to be on the show. What it is, I'll interview Kyle and then I'll have Kyle and Brian on the show at the same time because we're going to have a fun activity. And then I'll have an interview with Brian and it's going to be great. Um, so I look forward to tonight. Um, but let's get to it. Um, there's something I want to talk about. I want to talk about video games in Ohio. Um, apparently, um, video games is slowly becoming a sport that people could actually play and make good money off. Of course, one of the big leagues is eSports, um, League of Leagues. And there was an um, article that came out just recently. It, it was a really big article, so I'll read part of it. And then... Um, I'll t- share my thoughts, but this article I got is from NBCNews.com. The article is called Forget Instagram. Teen influencers are making thousands from online gaming. That's right, thousands of dollars, and that intrigued me. And, of course, there's a subtitle. One teenage pro gamer notes that he he's not only comfortable financially, he's spending less time working than he would at a regular 9-to-5 job. So I am jealous. So let's read a little bit on this, but it's really long, so I'll read the best parts. When 18-year-old Luke Fergie dropped out of high school, he had no idea what sort of career he'd pursue. All he knew was that he really loved playing Rules of Survival, then a relatively new online multiplayer battle game from NetEase Games. Forward to now, six months later, the Irish teen who goes by the username iFerg has more than 150,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel and has turned the hobby into a job, making sponsored videos for developers looking to promote their content to his followers. And um, here's a quote from him. Sponsored videos seem to be the most financially beneficial for me, Fergie told NBC News. A YouTuber of my size with the average views I get receives received sometimes in the region at 300 to 500 per integrated video and somewhat around 1,000 to 2,000 for a dedicated video. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. 1,000 to 1,500 for a dedicated video. Um... I'll read, um, let me scroll down a little bit because this is a long article. I don't want to read the whole thing. Um, there's one section. It's called How a Game Succeeds, Popularity, and a Competitive Hook. Now, while esports borrows from traditional sports in terms of forming teams and championships, 
doesn't play by the same rules as major organizations like the NFL. Part of this is because the category is still extremely young, as Wyhan Sheriff Krulo, who is the CEO of Play All Gaming, a consulting and marketing firm with a focus on building live gaming-related experiences. And his quote is, there's still no rules and regulations that apply across the board, he told NBC News. And yada, yada, yada. Then there's another section that says, gamers are no longer a tough audience to reach. Because I would agree, it's getting more popular, especially on websites like Twitch and YouTube. They are, it's becoming more, a little bit more mainstream, this gaming community. Um, and I'll play in one more section I'll um, speak of and I'll share my thoughts. How the Madden 19 shooting may affect live events. But yes, there was a tragic event that happened last month. So let me read this um, paragraph. As four hosts noted, live com competitions are an integral component to the growth of esports. In a shooting last month at the Madden 19 tournament in Jacksonville, Florida, could thaw the interest of prospective investors in a bidding space. Another quote, I just met with a major client today who deals with accounts for an international hotel chain, said Sharaf Crinchlow. And their major concern was the shooting. Everyone is asking me about it. Worried it could happen again. Which, okay, I'll share my thoughts. So yeah, if you want to read this article, go to NBCnews.com slash video games, and you will find this article. This came out last week. Um... So my thoughts, yes, the shooting was um, very tragic. Um, we can't um, perhaps live in fear of these shootings always happening. I do believe a lot of events have taken the measure of upping security. So this uh, that sort of thing won't happen again. And um, I do believe um, this video gaming um, community, it's on the rise. And here's what I'm thinking. Where was this community at when I was a teenager? Because I remember when I was a kid and a teenager, I loved the video games. That was a thing I did. Like, before I kind of grew up and focused more on my education, I was a video game kid. I had the NES. Then I had the uh, then I had the Sega Genesis. Then I had the Nintendo 64. And then I had the um, PlayStation and then PlayStation 2. I had five game consoles. Oh, yeah, I had the Atari as well. Actually, my family shared the, the Atari. It wasn't really mine. It was something actually belonged to my um parents but i played on it when i was a little kid so i i am greatly experienced in six game consoles and i, I got pretty good um, i would say the game that i was always really good at i was really good at grand theft auto i loved that game and i mastered it um so i did that another game i also was really good at was um spider-man for the playstation 2 um, I, what I really enjoyed about those games was that you can play as Spider-Man. You got your web slinger. You shot at buildings. You could just fly. You could, and I could do this. For, and I could do it for hours on end. Like you didn't have to play a mission. You just run around the city all day, flying around, see what buildings you could climb. So much fun. So I enjoyed that. And I played a lot of sports games, a lot of Madden, um, definitely a lot of Mario. And then when it came to PlayStation, Crash Bandicoot, Crazy Taxi. I was the boss at video games at one point. But at the time, you couldn't make money off them. It was just a silly activity. There was no eSports. There was no um, League of Legends League. There was, there was no Twitch.com where I could just put my videos up of me performing and then make a thousand bucks. So this was not an option for me back in the day. And here's the thing. I'm not that old of a guy. I'm only 32. What if I could still do this? I could always buy me a cheap PlayStation 2 game, get back into it, flex my thumbs again, as they say, because that's the muscle you use the most is your thumbs in video gaming. And I could. I, I, I mean, I, I know sometimes I, I joke on here, but it's something that's crossed my mind because I'm still very active. I mean, I play... Um, when I, get, I know that the only times I really play video games anymore is when I go to GameStop. They have those um, setup games. I'm still pretty decent. I'm still, I haven't lost a lot of my skills. Hmm. I got to thinking, you know, I might have that. I might have a new pro career on my hand. I could be Daniel Diesel, the professional video game guy. I can do, you know how there's hustlers at the golf court and basketball courts. I could be the video game hustler. Imagine that Daniel Diesel, the video game hustler. I go around, I challenge people to centipede and then, I charge like 20 bucks a game. Either you pay me 20 or I pay you 20. 
I just wiped everyone out. My name is Allie. I'm a nursing major here at Wright State, and you're listening to WWSU 106.9 Dayton's Right Choice. The first band I'm going to showcase tonight, they are from Cleveland, Ohio, and they are represented by the Jurassic Pop indie, indie um, label out in Cleveland, Ohio. It's a band called The Sofas. They recently, they recently released an album. Um, they did this um, a few months ago, and we'll play two of their tracks tonight from that album. Of course, the name of the album is Chop Water. I'm going to play their first track called Nothing Major, and then I'm going to play the third track, which is Dimes. I'm going to play those two songs back-to-back. You're listening to Ohio is on fire. We are back live of Ohio is on fire, and I am the host, Daniel Diesel. I'm with my first guest of the evening. He is an amazing podcast host, and he's also a man that does a lot of things with his life, and I'm going to explore this with him right now. He is the one only Kyle Taylor Steele. Say hello, Kyle. Well, hello. Thanks for having me, man. Well, hello. Welcome to the show. Um, you seem to be a man that does do a lot of things. I was looking at your Facebook profile and also some other posts. I count like five different things that you do. Maybe there's more or less. But um, I want to know, how do you keep track of your personal schedule of all the things that you involve yourself with? I guess I don't. I, I miss a lot of stuff, unfortunately. Um, oh. But yeah, sell real estate. That's kind of become the primary. I've, I've only been a real estate agent for about six months. So actually less than that, like four months. Um, mm. So, you know, that's kind of really consumed everything. But I have oh. I have two and a half podcasts. and half. then. To, yeah, it's because uh, I don't really do it that often. Oh, uh, okay. Um, but I have two podcasts I do at least once a week. Um, the one podcast I do two or three times a week. Cool. So I got that. Um, that's continued. Play disc golf, play drums, and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know how I keep track of it per se, um, yeah. especially because my calendar on my phone never seems to work. Oh, So yeah. I miss a lot of stuff. I don't know. So I, you just got to guess. Good memory, I guess. I mean, or write down on a piece of toilet paper. <laughs> there it maybe, is. Maybe you'll remember. I mean, good memory, I guess. That's probably about it. That's impressive. I, yeah, I don't know if I could keep track of all that stuff, especially you were in real estate. That's a serious job along with all the stuff you it is. do do. So I was just curious. But um, but let's. I want to break down some of the things that you do do that I know of. Got it. Um, you were once a paralegal for the U.S. Army. I so was. I just want to know, what were your assignments like, and who did it benefit the most when you did these assignments? Um. So a, a paralegal in the in the army, you're primarily dealing with what's called non judicial punishment, which all that means non judicial just means it's punishment that's not 
criminal. It's not staying on a criminal record, okay. nor nor a civil record, okay. um, or even traffic. Right. So traffic isn't a criminal. If you get a speeding ticket, yeah. that's not a criminal charge, yeah. but it still follows you on your record. Okay. So non-judicial punishment doesn't transfer out of the military. Yeah. It's punishment that takes place within the military, and that's it. So this is going to be stuff like failure to show up on time, right? I if see. You, yeah. If you're late to a formation and you get in trouble, you shouldn't then get out of the military and have to deal with the repercussions of being late to a formation when you're trying to get a job somewhere. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Right? So this is all, it's called non-judicial punishment, uh-huh. um, and, and paralegals primarily deal with that, and then we assist attorneys when attorneys are doing their thing. So I, that's where I started being a paralegal. Um, I joined the Army when I was 20, okay. and then when I got out, um, I basically just continued down that career path mm-hmm. until, like I said, a couple months ago when I decided to sell real estate. All right, that that's very fascinating. Is I definitely don't know a lot about life in the army. That that was a very interest. That's a very interesting job you did there. Then yeah, I mean it's it was. I would definitely not change it. Um, okay. I don't know if I would do it again per se. Yeah. But you know, I think once is plenty. <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't really like, have it. I don't have a hankering to go do it again. I well, yeah, it sounds like it. I think you should retire from that. <laughs> Better you than me. Yeah, right. But, uh, but you recently became a real estate agent. Yep. Um, in your opinion, what neighborhood in Ohio do you think has the best looking homes? Ooh. Like- I don't know about Ohio. I can do Dayton. Okay. Because that's, Day- I mean, that's Day- primarily Day- what I'm dealing with. Yes. Um, so it depends on what you're going for. Um, if you're wanting to be out in like a country setting, yeah. um, pretty much the outskirts of Waynesville tends to be my favorite. Okay. Just because of your access, you got good schools out there. Yeah. And and just your access and, and and big land sizes. Yeah. You know, anywhere between three and five acres, and it's pretty reasonably priced. Okay. Um, if you want to be in the city, I mean, I'm really digging Oregon District and St. Anne's Hill and South Park and Huffman District. There's some okay. really really cool um, kind of hip neighborhoods. That are continuing to get better in downtown Dayton. Yes, the hip neighborhoods. I, w- I want to follow up with the Oregon District because it is a cool place. It is. I sometimes go there for concerts. Yeah. I couldn't imagine living there because even though it's a fun place to go, there's a lot of traffic and, p- and less noise. Like it's pretty much the nightlife. I couldn't imagine. Maybe that's just me talking, but I couldn't imagine just living right next to the nightlife 24 7. So it depends on what you're going for. I mean, yeah. if you, again, if you want to be in the country setting, then you go there. If you want to be in the city, that's where you go. And if you kind of want to mix the two, I mean, I'm really impartial to Kettering yeah. just because there's yeah. just everything. Kettering has everything that you need. Yeah. So I, I live in what's called the Castle Hills District of Kettering. Okay. Um, so everything has little subdivisions. Um, the I like a mix of the country in the city. A little bit. I yeah. mean, it's you're not dealing with, obviously, if you're living in, in the Oregon District or if yeah. you're living in St. Ann's Hill and Dayton, yeah. You are constantly going to be dealing with people. Yeah, I mean, there's there's going to be buggies at some point. <laughs> you're going to have horses. They're going to be walking up and down there. I mean, that's 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 where it's trending. Um, you know, they're going to, at some point they're going to legalize walking outside with alcohol. I mean, that that's going to happen. I mean, you're going to yeah. see that downtown area downtown area really get awesome and, and get popping. So <laughs> as that continues, popping. those neighborhoods are going to keep getting better too. Absolutely. But I want to know, what would be more expensive to live at, the city or the country? I mean, it's it's always going to be the city, the especially city. if you're talking price per square footage. Yeah. If you're getting, if, but if, now if you're talking about land, land's expensive. So if you're living out in Waynesville and you have 10 acres, well, yeah. that's going to be a lot more expensive than anything you're going to buy in the city, generally speaking. And this is also for Dayton. Yeah. Living in the city in New York. Yeah. Oh, yeah. An apartment is a half a million dollars. Yeah. So, I've, you heard, know, I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. Wow! Yikes! Okay, I better start saving my piggy bank then. <laughs> sure. Um. So, good advice on real estate. Now, you host an MMA show. I do. Um. Yes. Um. How often you? So, what's that called? And how how often you host that? Yes, that's loudmouth MMA. Loudmouth I do. MMA. I do at least two episodes a week. I used to do five a week. Okay. So, but since becoming a real estate agent again, everything's had yeah, to kind of. I've had to cut in. So. Um, I'm doing at least two weeks, sometimes three. Okay. I break down every single fight card that's yeah. happening in the UFC. Yeah. And then I do a, a weekly show that's just kind of recapping what's happened, a yeah. news show, discussion show. Yeah. And and that's it. Those are the two I do. Uh, absolutely. I want It's your opinion, but I wanted to ask you who you think is the best MMA fighter from Ohio who was born in, or currently resides in yeah. Ohio. Steve Miocic for sure. Okay, he what's his, the, what does he do? So he was the heavyweight champion up until uh, Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier was the light heavyweight champion yeah. who went up to heavyweight to fight Steve Miocic. 
um, at UFC yeah. 2. I can't remember what the number was, but it was yeah. recently. I think it was one or two pay-per-views ago. Okay. And, uh, yeah, he, he beat him. So Stipe is no longer the champion. Okay. But he was champion, and he actually broke, currently has the record for most title defenses at heavyweight. For so, the UFC. For the UFC. Oh, so Stipe awesome. for sure is this is the best guy from Ohio. You also have another guy from Ohio from Strongsville. Yeah. His name is Cody Garbrandt. Okay. He was champion at a lower weight class called Bantamweight, which is 135. Yes. 135 fighters. And uh, you know, again, he was champion. He, he didn't last very long, but he's mm-hmm. still incredibly talented. All right. Well, that's, I'll take your word for it because I wasn't familiar <laughs> with those <laughs> two gentlemen, but yeah. they sound awesome because they, they sound successful. Now, do you watch MMA, but I want to know, do you also watch pro wrestling? Or no. Pro preps? No, not at all. No. Do you watch anything, other fighting sports besides MMA? Uh, can't stand boxing. You can't stand boxing. Can't stand it. Yeah, it's not interesting. And you can't stand wrestling. No. Uh, okay, that's fine. Well, because uh, wrestling to me is not a combat sport whatsoever. That's what I was thinking. Well, that's either. Some people consider it, though. Some people consider it a combat sport. I most certainly do not. Uh, that's and fine. I, and I really don't consider boxing a combat sport because there's too many rules. Yeah, well, not anymore. I hear with boxing, like, yeah, it was tied down with rules, but also the gambling, um, where, like, the Las Vegas world, it kind of colluded with boxing. I've heard there's been a lot of fights have been fixed and lots of uh, doping. And oh, yeah. It's, so I say boxing's been colluded. I mean, pro, I love pro wrestling, although I would agree it's not a combat sport. I would consider it a choreographed sport. It's kinda, sure. I, I would kind of compare it to cheerleading, which I I don't think they would like any wrestler like being compared <laughs> like to a little small girl cheerleading but it takes it, it's choreographed it, it takes incredible athleticism to do what they do yeah and and, and to have the personality to make it you got to think of how many people want to be wrestlers think yeah. they can be wrestlers try to be wrestlers and they can't make it anytime yeah. you're in the upper echelons of anything yeah of anything if you're in the upper echelons of it it means you're incredibly talented yes so to, to make it you know three percent less than that of wrestlers are going to make it into the wwe yes obviously those three percent are wildly talented and wildly athletic yeah so good for them it just doesn't interest me all right that's fine i was was just curious i like i like the ufc because it's real i mean the build-up to fights they're awesome the the build-up to the fight tends to take a professional wrestling angle and there's this kind of forced beef and People are, are, you know, they're saying stuff that you know they don't mean. Like, yeah. you know these guys actually get along, all that kind of stuff. So there is the professional wrestling aspect and the yeah. build-up to the fights. But here's the thing. They actually are going to go into a cage and punch each other in the face as uh, hard as they can. They hurt each and other. try yeah. to knock each other out. I mean, that's so yeah. that, that's how it's different. Oh, yeah. That's, that's scary to me. But yes. it, it's a, a good fight can be really good. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed some MMA. But so I want to ask you about um, you've done some podcast hosting at Wally's Comedy Club. Yes. Um, even though you are not yourself a stamp comedian, you have a lot of stamp comedian friends. I do. You've been around a lot. So have you been teased from time to time to get into stand up comedy? I constantly, yes. Uh, will, you, will, you, will you eventually do <laughs> I, do the stand up comedy? I highly, highly doubt it. You doubt but it. I won't rule it out. I won't rule it out just because you never know. But I've been told I should do it a lot. I've done live shows. I've done three live shows at Wiley's for the yes. for the Nick Cage podcast. Yes, and then I've done a uh, I've done a live show at Taft's Bruporium. If you're familiar with Wayne Mimmon at all, he's a really talented comedian out of Cincinnati. Oh, he puts good. on a show. Um, he has a promotion called Bombs Away. So I did a show for Bombs Away. But yeah, I mean that's the podcast hosting is is very different than doing. I have no real desire to do stand up. It just doesn't. Uh, that's r- yeah, the, the process of I write too. I mean, funny yeah. enough, I don't write jokes but I, I do write and i've written yeah. a pilot for a tv show that was a comedy yeah i mean i i, I could do it i think if i really wanted to but yeah. um i don't know i mean anybody that can get up there and do stand up i have mad respect this is shinobi ninja and you're listening to wwsu 106.9 fm fairborn dating dating's right choice Listening to WWSU 106.9 FM, Fairborn Dayton, Dayton's Right Choice. We are back live with Ohio is on fire. And I am with my two guests because Kyle is still here with us and joining us. I will be interviewing more in depthly later on, but he's going to join us for a fun game. It is Brian Johnson. Say hello, sir. Hi, Daniel. How are you doing today? It's good seeing you, Brian. I'm doing great. So we're going to do a fun activity. It involves Nicolas Cage since Kyle is the master of. Of all things Nicolas Cage movies and the man himself. I don't know how I feel about you saying that. 
Well, well, you are. You're the, you're the master. You're probably better than us. Gonna make the, me upset. The first game we're gonna play. Uh, me and Brian have to guess the Nicolas Cage movie. And here's how this works. Um, me and Kyle have combined twelve questions. Um, and all, but all, you can give and um, Kyle, you can give hints to what the movie is, but that would count as a question. So me and Kyle would have to ask. If we need a hint, we'll ask for one. And then after these twelve questions, we had to guess what it is. Okay. So that'll be the first game. So I and I will. Um, Brian, let's. Do you want to do a hint first? Uh, no, no. Let's just see how it goes. Let's, let's ask questions. I'll ask the first question. Okay. Um, in this movie with Nicolas Cage, um, does he have sex with the lead female character? <laughs> he pretty much always does. Um, okay, give me a second. Oh, you're thinking about it. Yes. Yes. Okay. Right, Brian, go ahead and ask your question. But that's to be fair. To be f- that's basically true for every Nicholas Cage. Almost. That's, yeah, he seems like a shaggy kind of guy. Yes. All right. Um, in this movie, so question or hint, I guess. So I, so we're just trying to twenty questions. Now, I guess. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, does Nicholas Cage escape a rock? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but that would be a very good question. <laughs> All right. Does Nicholas Cage? Run away from a burning building. I mean, he almost has to. I have no recollection of him doing it, but I feel like he has to. Okay. Go ahead, Brian. Uh, in, in this movie, does Nicolas Cage pay the ghost? <laughs> <laughs> no, but also a good question. Oh. And a really bad movie. That would eliminate some things yeah, I was So pay of. the ghost has been eliminated and the rock has been eliminated. Okay. Um, if we're keeping track at home. All right, in this movie, does Nicolas Cage wear a costume to hide his real identity within the movie? No. No? Well, that eliminates a few for me. All right. <laughs> okay. uh, for everybody at home, if you can't tell, I don't know anything about Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah. uh, Do you want a hint? No, no, okay, no, no. Okay. No, we'll figure this out. Uh, does some, he? Uh, does Nicolas Cage in this movie, does he face off? No. All right, we've had six questions, so me and Brian have six questions left. <laughs> but uh, we've narrowed it down, I think. Um, maybe, <laughs> but maybe, I got a good question. There's only, there's only like 73 to choose from. So, Of course. In this movie of Nicolas Cage, does he get himself involved in illegal gambling? No, it is not Snake Eyes. Oh, well, <laughs> thanks for telling us that. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, actually, I like this one. Uh, okay. Uh, does, he, uh, does he play a wizard? In this one. Oh, he does not. So the so I can't remember what that even movie was called. Sorcerer's, Sorcerer's Apprentice. Apprentice. There it is. Sorcerer's Why Apprentice. Why don't you learn something? So it about, is not. Thanks. Yeah. You know anything about Johnny Depp? I, or, I'm sorry, Johnny Depp. <laughs> we talked about that before the show. Sorry. Uh, all right. This is question eight. Does Nicolas Cage character have a conflict with God in this film? Oh God. I like the idea. Does Nicolas Cage and not the character? <laughs> um. I don't believe so. No. Okay. Is uh, is uh, Nicholas Cage a family man in this film? No. Well, okay. you know what? Yes. Okay. Yes, he is. All right. But it's yes. not the family man. Yes. Uh, okay, question 10. Um, trying to think. Is Nicholas Cage character murdered by two females? No. Okay. I mean, we got one, one more? We got two more. You got one more. And then I got one more. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so I mean, should we ask for a hint? What do you I, think? I know we you're could ask for a hint if you want to. Is that weak? No, it's not weak. But will it be the one hint that you gave us? So, yeah, give us a hint. Okay, let me give you a hint. Let me look up. I had one that and I then liked. we'll have one more question. Okay, I'll g- I'm going to give you a pretty. This is a pretty big hint. Okay. Okay. Dave Chappelle was in the movie. Okay. Nicholas Cage. And and this, this, we have one last question. You can't look then. it up. You can't look it up. Dave right. Chappelle was in the movie. All right, Brian. Yeah, we have that's, one a, last... that's a good hint. That's we now have one last... on any of the covers of these. We now have one last question because of that hint. So, Brian, come up with a good question. Oh, don't, don't, okay. Uh, dang, let's I'm see. I'm going to laugh against it right here. Is... He's, he's looking at movie posters. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of a question to involve the movie name. Got it. We all know he's a national treasure, right? Was he a national treasure in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't. No. He wa- oh. He was not a national treasure in this movie. All right. I, it's time to guess the film. Um, I, I can give you I can give you one last hint. All right. And it's that 
the other one of the other main actors, one of the other leads, uh, hates this movie so much that A, he refused to do any press for it, and B, he asked IMDb to remove it from his filmography. Wait, I well, I was gonna. That is how that is how much this other lead actor hated the movie. Okay, well, name me Brian. Would would you say this movie starts with the letter K? Sounds sounds good. So you want me to get? That sounds so, right. So Jamie. go for it. All right, we think the movie you're talking about, which, well, that kind of threw me off. I I, I don't know what it could be. Is it Kick Ass? It is not Kick Ass because Kick Ass right. is incredible. Well, the first Kick Ass was not the second one. I like the second one Jim too. Because the way I say that. Jim, there was a sequel to the Kick Ass. Jim Carrey Jim was Carrey, lead yeah. in the sequel, and he hated that film. Like he wouldn't do press for it, which is really it. weird because it's. It was, I, I was, was thinking maybe you were talking about Jim Carrey in no. the sequel to that film. But it we was. can all agree that Nicolas Cage is totally Kick Ass. Yes, right? yes he very he much is. is. Yes, uh, the movie is Con Air. Ah, you that's mentioned that last thing. I was like, oh, well, I was trying to pick something nobody would know. Ah, okay. Well. All right. So, well, he, so that's the first game. Now we, we, the three of us, we're not going to play another game. Well, actually, mostly we're going to challenge um, me. Kyle, you, because you are you claim to be the expert of Nicholas Cage <laughs> movies. I have found a website that has nothing but um, questions that deal with Nicholas Cage and they have pop quizzes. And this particular quiz is on at funtrivia.com. It's called um, The Film History of Nicholas Cage. Oh, there are God. 10 questions. And these are all multiple choices, so I can tell you the multiple choices if you need them. Okay. Um, there's 10 questions, so I'm going to ask you each question, and I'll enter it in for you whenever you answer. I can click in the name, and then we'll see how you did. Okay. So here's the first question. His first role in a full-length Hollywood film was a minor one in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Under what name was he credited in this film? Do you want the choices? Was it? Are they asking what his name in the movie was? Well, I'll give you the choice. Oh, That'd ahead. be fair because they do it on here. There's four choices. Is it Nicholas Sorsese, Nicholas yeah. Cage, Nicholas Coppola, or was he uncredited? It is Nicholas Coppola. Uh, okay, well, I don't know. I'll have to click on that. So okay, I'm clicking on Nicholas Coppola. So here's question number two. Nicholas scored his first starring role in the 1983 film Valley Girl. What was this character's name? In this quirky period piece, was it Phil? Randy. Tit. All right. Randy or Brad? You might Brad, right Brad Bud was his name. In, uh... Well, you might have that one. You, you yeah. were early on that. Okay, number three. In which of these 1984 films did not did the now hot Hollywood commodity Nicolas Cage not appear in? Did he not appear in Birdie? Did he not appear in Racing with the Moon? Did he not appear in The Cotton Club, or did he not appear in The Natural? The Natural. Okay. The Natural. All right. I'm three for three so far. Yeah, well, maybe. You're, you're, you're on it. Number four, Nicolas Cage received some acting accolades after co-starring in which 1980s Hollywood leading lady in the film? Oh, I think I said that wrong. Let me start that. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Nicolas Cage received some acting accolades after co-starring with which 1980s Leading lady in the film, Peggy Sue Got Married. Was it Glenn Close, Jessica Lange, Kathleen Turner, or a Angelica Houston? I'm not 100%, but I think it's Kathleen Turner. Okay. All right, question five. Nicholas Cage's most hilarious role, in this quiz maker's humble opinion, was in the 1987 film Raising, Raising Arizona. Arizona. Who directed this film that starred Cage as confused suburban Arizona plagued the, with the problem of racial divisism. Was, was it the Coen Brothers? Coen Brothers. All right. It's a good, that's a really good movie, too, if you okay. haven't seen it. Number six, in the 1987 film Moonstruck, Cage co-stars with Cher, among several other interesting actors. The Cage character is missing one of the paired body parts hand. in the film, but which? Hand. I was going to say foot, hand, ear, buttocks, you say hand. He has All a right. wooden hand. All right, we got four more questions. Number seven, which of the following David Lynch films did Nicolas Cage appear? Wild at Number Heart. Number one, Mulholland Drive, Blue Velvet, Wild at Heart, or Dune? Wild at Heart. Okay, Wild at Heart. Number eight, in which Nicolas Cage film does his character join the Flying Elvises? One, Firebirds, two, Honeymoon in Vegas. All right, I was going to say that. <laughs> then there's Vampire's Kiss and Amos and Andrew. You said Hollywood. You said Honeymoon in Vegas. Yes. Number nine, Nicolas Cage winning Academy Award for his role in the film Leaving Las Vegas. This was his first... Oscar nomination, true or false? First nomination? Yeah, this was the first Ooh, Oscar boy. nomination. It's a good question. Yeah. 
That's the only movie he won one. Was it his first nomination? That's a good question. I'm going to go. Yes. Okay, true. All right, so. All right, and here's the last question. Was Nicholas Cage's character's occupation in 2003 film Matchstick Men? Is it con artist, businessman, lawyer, or assassin? Con artist. Con artist. Okay. D- Daniel, can I ask one bonus question? Yeah, okay, oh, bonus question. Give me a bonus. Yeah. Who, who did, when uh, Nicholas Cage took over the plane, a plane's PA system, almost get arrested with? Whoa. Come, come again? <laughs> Uh, at one point, he took over a plane's PA. Now system. Nicholas Cage did this. That's right. Oh, I don't know this. Who was his his partner in crime in this? Oh my God! I, listen, I'm going to guess it's the Brett Michaels, but I really have no idea. Okay. All right. <laughs> Who was it? Uh, he's, he's got the answer as a bonus one. You got number one right, number two right, number three right, number four right, five was right, six, seven, eight, and it was true for number nine and number ten was correct. You were perfect. Ten for ten on my quiz, but did there you we get go. his? Is correct. Uh, no way. It's, a, it's an all or nothing on the bonus. So oh, it was right. Charlie Sheen. Sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> you is this true? Is this a true story? According to Ranker. <laughs> okay, that's fantastic. Here he is. Kyle from the building. He's lost. Oh, my You're goodness. banned from life. From he, got, he got into a bunch of stuff with Brett Michaels. So I was like, maybe it was him. There's like a, he's like trying to calm Brett Michaels down out in front <laughs> right. of a, he's like super it bloated. It was late and, 80s. And, stuff happens in late 80s. I guess, I guess they had both had a lot of coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Or probably. or a stimulant of some sort. Yes. All right. Um, we did get a um, one question online, and this is for either one of you because I encourage questions. And of course, people have access to the um, radio station. Um, they want to know, um, and then they are they're anonymous. What do you guys like? Um, are are you guys into fashion? And who's your favorite fashion artist? That was the question I got online. I am not. I'm wearing all targets. Because I know. Today. Maybe that's something to do with Brian, because no, Brian does has done some work in fashions. So maybe they, uh, maybe they're, they're they're listening for you. But. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe David Bowie. David Bowie. You right. look very fashionable. David Bowie. All right. So I literally own. Thank you at shirts. home. Question at home. Yes, David Bowie is a fashion icon. All right. So we got that out of the way. Thank you, listener. Um, now, Kyle, you do have to get going, but we have one more question I want to ask you. Um, sure. What will you be up to this month in October that we should be that we should look forward to? Like podcast wise or any appearances you'll be doing? Yeah, I mean the the Nicholas Cage podcast is is ending. I think at the end of October. I think our last episode will post at the end of oh, October. I'll look to listen to because we went through all all movies. So our last, our very last episode is going to be um, just a ranking of every single movie we watched. Right. So yeah. we've, we've been keeping track as we go along. We've ranked stuff. So you're going to retire mixed. from doing that podcast after yeah. that episode? Okay. Yeah. Well, really nothing else to do, I guess. That's fine. But we're also doing. Um, We've done bonus episodes along the way yeah. where it's stuff that either Nicolas Cage had like a bit role in. So that's a movie like The Cotton Club or yeah. um, Fast Times Regiment High. Mm-hmm. He didn't even have a speaking line in Fast Times Regiment High. But he's in it, so we did it. And then uh, we also have done any movie where he was a producer. So there was a movie with Eddie Murphy called A Thousand Words. He was a producer in Life of David Gale. Um, but, but he's not in the movie at all. He doesn't have a cameo. He's just a producer. And he directed a movie called Sonny starring James Franco. But anyway, we're doing all those movies as well. And then Kick-Ass 2, he had nothing to do with it, but we did it anyway because he was in Kick-Ass, so why not? Okay. So we were trying to, we did a bunch of bonus movies as well that aren't technically in his filmography. But, uh, but yeah, it's coming to an end in October. All right. Well, I will listen to that because awesome. it sounds like you've worked, yeah, you've worked really hard on that Nicolas Cage. The next band that I will showcase on this episode, they released an album back in April of 2017. It, was, um, it had a strong fan following once they released it. Um, they're on hiatus. They may not get back together. So there's, a, it's kind of a mystery how they broke up. Um, but this is the real name of a band. I get to say this on the air. The band is Slut Bomb, and they are from Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, they released an album called Constant Struggle. These two tracks I will play, these are literally the only two tracks I can play on this show because the other tracks are filled with filthy language. It's not family suitable. I found two that I can play, and they're very quick. They're, they don't last very long. So the first one I'll play is The Oppressor. Then we'll play Swerve and Protect. And after the two tracks, we will have the interview with Brian Johnson. Please stay tuned.
We are back live of Ohio's on Fire. I am with my second guest of the evening. He is Brian Johnson. He is a marketing expert from the Dana, Ohio area. Um, say hello once again. I used to say hello earlier, but say it again. Hi, Daniel. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you for being on. Um, so um, I've read, um, I know I've I discovered you from Dane.com. You was recently Daytonian at the um, month with them. And I read about you that you are a marketing expert. You've helped many local restaurants, perhaps other small businesses. Um, I want to know what factors help you decide to take an assignment with the, any of these companies that want your help? Well, um, so it, you know, it's kind of a, a long story how I got into all this, but one of the things that's really carried through with me yeah. um, when dealing with people in general, but also clients and stuff you're trying to yeah. put onto the world and develop is, yeah. is genuineness, yeah. you know, is a sense of knowing what it is you want to be and what, why you're doing what you're doing yeah. is super important um, and kind of just just greases the the tracks to make everything else move a lot smoother if it's something you really care about yeah you know business owners end up putting a ton of work into it and if it's not something that you're genuine about or love it's going to be a little challenging for you to like see it across the finish line all right that, that makes a lot of sense um but um now i want to ask you what was the first company that you ever helped that you recall um let's see well uh, under under the uh, current company that we're work that we're working to or building is the first one would have been probably El Maison. El Maison, in, okay. Uh, down in West Carrollton. We've been working with them for, man, it must be like five, six years at this point. Oh, cool. So, yeah, and we've seen, we've had a lot of fun being able to develop what they offer and, and get, get their message out there. A funny story about them, for the longest time, people thought of them as just like an upscale Mexican restaurant. Yeah. And it was really hard for them to, like, shake that into what the their world cuisine. You know, they're oh. literally going to Eastern European uh, Germany and Switzerland next week to like discover stuff over there, you know, and bring those aspects back to their restaurant as well as like cool. next year they're going to Spain, you know, and they've been to, you know, just all over the world and trying to really focus on that world aspect of cuisine rather than just Mexican. All right. Absolutely. Um, of all the companies that you have ever helped, who do you think has had the best success after you've helped them? That's hard to say. You know, I look at things not as, um, based on like gross sales necessarily when it comes to marketing, but yeah. more about percentages of growth. Yeah, You know, we work with restaurants that have multiple locations and we work with sole food trucks, okay. you know? And so to, to me, when a food truck can see three, four times sales in a, you know, from a year to year, yeah. that's huge, you know? And that's like, uh, that, that might represent the best growth or the most success. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you can help somebody that dramatically, okay. you know, uh, some of the like legacy restaurants we work for will never see those numbers, but they're also seeing growth, which is awesome. Yes. So, all right. Um, now you don't have to say the name if you don't want to, but any, has there been any companies that you ever worked with that wind up dying? Uh, no. Oh, okay. That's good. But let me ask you this. What would you consider to be a bad marketing idea? Something that would like, fail with the audience one of and you know we all love a value but one thing that uh a lot of people fall into a trap is a downward spiral where they try to discount and give it away as incentives for people yeah. to uh to come to their place or yeah. to use their service when in reality we always push the the model of trying to build value to explain why they're better and be better yeah. you know in that sense which in my opinion works 10 times better than a discount ever would Okay, absolutely. Um, um, I, I looked you up. You currently work sales at Four Ambition. Um, I'm curious, what is the most popular item there? Well, to, to be honest, I don't. I mean, I've worked in t-shirts. I've printed tens and thousands of t-shirts, and I do still represent Four Ambition, and they're an awesome company. Yeah. But my time has definitely been taken up much more with other projects and and building other stuff. Yeah. That being said. Um, you know, we did uh, one of the one of the maybe ones that are very iconic. Um, Omega Music has the uh, Dayton Funk Capital of the World yes. T-shirt. Yes, yes. Um, we helped. We were a part of that process. We worked with a local designer to uh, make that happen. Okay. Uh, Kevin Hamburger. Kevin. Okay. You know Kevin? I I'm not familiar with him. Okay, he does. The, he's actually done a ton of great design work in town. But he designed that shirt for them, and then we printed it and and developed that form and. I just love that shirt, you know, and uh, and also we've worked with a lot of other companies and still do consign a bunch of Dayton t-shirt apparel yeah. with a bunch of local shops like Ghost Light, yeah. 
yeah. and Omega Music and stuff like that. So. All right, cool. Well, next time at Omega Music, I'll have to check that out more closely. Yeah. I'm not super familiar with that section, but that's fine. Um, I know earlier you talked about how David Bowie was one of your favorite dressers, but <laughs> I want to put you on the spot a little bit. Uh-oh. Here in Dayton, Ohio, there's a lot of personalities, big and small. Um, who do you think from Dayton, Ohio is the best dresser? Oh, goodness. You can't say you because you're a great dresser. I mean, I, you can't say you're... I, I, I don't know. I, I take such a, um, such a personally, you know, when you, I mean, yeah, you design t-shirts and you put them out and you think about what the customer wants and everything. But for me personally, I, I literally have six shirts, okay. you know, I, I need, I need a consistency in, in knowing what I'm putting on. I don't have time to like wake up and make choices uh, okay. like that or be concerned about my choices. So I got, I got six shirts. I, I don't know if I'm the right person to ask that question to. Okay. They all win. Everyone's a good dresser. <laughs> all, right. all right that's fine if um, you if you feel comfortable then then you're great all right yeah a round of applause to everyone who likes their clothing okay i just got a few more questions for you um do you well this is kind of like a two-parter but do you attend a lot of music festivals on your spare time you know um i don't know what spare time is to be honest oh, okay. but we throw a bunch of music festivals and music related events well, you say we mean you, com- you throw a lot of festivals yeah well my company i was Okay. say it in a plural but you know it's it's me and uh and the people who work for me are very dedicated to bringing some of the best music in town we've recently even put a brand on it it's called 10 high productions okay and we're currently operating out of uh the yellow cab building downtown we yeah a ton of shows there okay, uh, okay. we've just recently started our, our neighbor over here the wandering griffin we're trying to get them a little music program going right Good. now with the weekly live music we got typical johnson's coming up this saturday out there Right. Um, you know, and we and we also book and help promote a ton of other bands. One of the most fun ones we just did, we did the Beatles rooftop concert down at uh, Yellow Cabin. We saw must have seen a thousand people come out to view. And what's great about that is it's five local musicians going and making a, yeah. uh, you know, they're a, covering a, the Beatles, a super group covering the Beatles. Yeah. But you know, by coming out and being able to support them in such a large way with eight hundred or a thousand people, you know, yeah. paying at the door, it actually gives them money in their pocket to be able to create more of the like independent local original music that they love to make okay. so well i have a follow-up to that because i know you guys were working out of the yellow cab i was two weeks ago i went to sound valley music festival were you there or were you involved with that yeah no we um sound valley is one of our clients we're okay. working with them um we're actually working on creating kind of a video cast service to help promote and and build live music in in dayton ohio Okay. Um, so it's really exciting. It's a really new project. That's actually why I got to be out of here in ten minutes. I'm going to meet with them. Okay. Right now, but um, well, you're almost done. Oh no, no, you're good. But it's just it's a really exciting time for music in Dayton. So they want to be check them out. Soundvalleydayton.com. Uh, they really want to be like getting. If you're in a band, they want to be interviewing you. They want to be getting video of your live shows. Uh, and then they want to cool. be helping to build and support the people who are out working so hard to make this great music. Okay, I have one more that's music related since this is yeah, this is quite awesome information I'm learning. You, you know, you help the yellow cab building, you're trying to help Dewan and Griffin. Is there like if any building because music people love music events and concerts, there's anyone that would want to get a music and franchise going or like a series of concerts? Like, do they reach out to you? Are you the guy to contact them? You, you can absolutely contact us. We have access and work with upwards at varying times, upwards of six or seven venues. Okay. From, and I can't say anything. I understand. But we are getting ready to announce a very large venue that's going to be opening up to the public, which is okay. very exciting to me, along with a ton of other small venues All right. coming around. So. Well, I know some people at this station that loves music. I mean, if I have to mention your service and see... But have maybe this station can involve your services. I don't. I don't know how that would work, but that's. I'm thrilled. I didn't know you did we, all that. Uh, if I can, Go uh, ahead. we love partnerships. You know, being able yeah. to work with other groups. You know, who are all able to have an idea and come together and build that idea. Yeah. You know, it takes so much effort to get something going. Yeah. It does. You know, and to think that you should do it yourself is yeah. kind of wrong to begin with. Yeah. You know, um, and I highly encourage anybody who wants to get involved to reach out. So. Uh, awesome. Well, that's good to know about you, Brian. I have one last question for you. Um, we're in the holiday festival season here in Dayton, of course, Froud, Ohio. Um, what is on your radar with, when it comes to, like, festivals or any concerts? Um, what do you recommend um, people go to coming up? People look out for in the Dayton region? And- yeah, let's say think Dayton, Ohio, since you're based out there. Um, let's see. This Friday is uh, Dayton Music Fest. 
Yeah, that's the, right. The, uh, this Friday and Saturday, and that is a 14-year legacy event that's yes. been it's been passed from promoter to promoter, yeah. ongoing. And we know Nathan Peters, who's the current, current, uh, you know, and are maybe helping them also a little bit. Yeah. But <laughs> it's uh, if you haven't seen the lineup, it's amazing. It's some of the most quintessential Dayton bands. I mean, you've got some old school ones too, Luxury Pushers. And you've got some new ones coming in there, and it's it's I think it's over thirty bands at three venues. Yeah, that's um, a lot. That's, yeah, that sounds and awesome. If you're if you want to talk Dayton music, Dayton Music Fest is the place to be for that for sure. Awesome. So. All right. Well, and I've been to Melissa from Michigan. I work an extra part time job serving lunch at my child's school, but I still can't afford to put food on our table. Daniel from California, choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. We are back with Ohio is on Fire. This next band I will showcase, they are known as Hospital Job. They are from Dane, Ohio, and they represent the Rad Girlfriend Records label. I'm going to play two of their tracks. The first track I will play is called Dead End Street, and it's from their um, latest album, Haze Like Me, which was released on May 4th of 2018. So here is Dead End Street. you're listening but you are for this episode oh m v p that stands for ohio's most valuable pedestrian round of applause and that leads to me to my oh to my final message of the evening um i did i waited to do mvp late towards the end of the show because um what this guy talks about well hey good he talks about team building as well like i know the big thing was racial divide I don't want to get into that much more. I, I spoke my thoughts on it just now, but I actually want to talk about something else um, for the final message. I want to talk about building a team because that's what Will Higgood did. Will, I'm sorry, Will Higgood. That's what he did. And um, building a team. Um, I can say I have some personal experience in seeing team building, and I've done it myself in the head position of an organization. Um, so what does it mean to build a good team? I'll start with the good. Um, building a good team is realizing that people that are in the community or on that team, they actually like being there because if they're angry, if they're angry, they feel like they're being disrespected or they're not getting their message heard. 
then that can cause disruption. Eventually, they'll get angry. You can definitely tell if someone doesn't feel welcomed. Um, and really, that's when you gotta have conf- you gotta solve the conflict whenever there is um, stress and tension within a team. Um, hopefully, you can resolve the conflict once you have a good conversation with that person, and then they'll cheer up. They will um, see the positives and remain within a team community. If someone is not happy, if they after you have this conversation with that person, if they're still angry, they're still ticked off, then perhaps it's their time to go. I think professionally, you'd want to tell that person, I need to go, or I don't want to be on this team anymore. Really, the best thing to do is to mutually part ways instead of just letting that person hang around like a unwanted cancer. Because when you leave, when you have unwanted people on a team, that's when things get. That's how you build a bad team: is have people that don't really want to be around or not. They haven't proved that they should be around, and yet here they are. They keep showing up. They keep being a distraction. They're being abusive. They're violent, noisy. Um, when you have those people around in your community, and you do nothing about it, um, you don't have the conversation. Say, hey, either. Let's fix this problem or let's get out of this problem. It just lingers. That's what creates a bad team. It's not fixing problems that need to be fixed. And really the best way to fix a problem is to communicate. you got to have a conversation. Because I know some people will say, hey, maybe two guys that have a problem with each other need to have a fist fight. Do it in the old schoolyard. Have a big fist fight. And then that would be the end of the discussion. But really, I think we all realize that creates more problems, causes black eyes, hospital bills, all that stuff. Ultimately, that doesn't solve the problem. Anything that causes more tension than it does, you could say it's hardly a short-term fix. Like, if anything, that'll cause people to, it'll be awkward, definitely. But that really doesn't solve the problem long-term. Really, the best way is to um, communicate. You have to communicate your goal. And I guess I should mention another sign of a bad team is if abusive behavior is allowed. That's another sign of a bad team because it really, when abusive behavior, you see that in religious cults, you see that in broken households, you see that in bad schools, you see that in, in on bad sports teams. So lack of communication, not solving the problem professionally, and violent behavior that is, those are all signs that lead to bad success. They really are. Um, and I can definitely say that I've seen the whole spectrum. I've seen good teams. I've seen bad teams. If you want success, you have to at least try. If you want your team to be successful, at the very least, do what is positive. You have to um, know your history in your field. Um and I'll speak of my own personal experience here with WWSU because I am back here for now. I'm here as long. Um, I would say I'm here at least this year. I'll stick around for until April. Maybe I'm, I'm maybe I stick around another year because there are various factors that are up to me. But I know that I am here in this community. I want the best for the station because we are a team. I want us to win all the awards, win all the journalistic awards, um, anything that's that that can be one that we can play for. I want us to be involved, um, and I'll do my part. And I encourage anyone that's here to do, be the best person, be the best community member that you can be. In any team that's out there, any job, any band, any sports team, if you're there, um, be happy to be there. If you're not, then you should leave because you'll cause you'll just cause drama, and then you won't have success. You'll guarantee to fail if you don't try to be a team. So that's my advice on team building for this episode. Um, on my next episode, I will have um, a guest. Um, he is a comedian and actor from Dayton, Ohio area. He is he is Adrian Cosby, really cool guy. Um, he'll be on next week. I might have more guests on. Um, you'll have to find out when you listen next time. And please listen to me. I am at anchor.fm slash Ohio is on fire show. You can listen to my podcast there. I'm trying to get to all the directories that I can. I don't know if I'm able to. Um, I'm at a bunch. I'm, I know I'm on um, Google Play, and I'm on um, Stitcher. I've been told that they couldn't find me on iTunes. I'm trying to get on iTunes. I do not know if I'm there yet, so stick with it. 
Um, I'm early on this podcasting venture along with this live radio show. So thank you for anyone that's listening. Thank you for listening. So with that, Ohio College Radio, Brian Johnson, Kyle Taylor Steele, and Nicholas Cage, that's the way it is.